This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends out gourmet recipes and all the fresh ingredients you need to make them right to your door. Mm. Our listeners get their first two meals for free. Just head over to blueapron.com forward slash badchristian to start cooking incredible meals at home. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, Bad Christian fans? Uh, I know a little something about being a fan. I know what it's like to support something, to care about it, to follow it, to be invested in it. And that's, you know, for me, I'm a fan of Clemson football. And I'm really proud of the Clemson Tigers. They finished just short last night of beating Alabama for the national championship. And, uh, you know, that's okay because I learned some stuff. I mean, when you think something's going to work out one way and you and you just knew it, you knew it with all the fiber in your being that it was going to be so, and you had faith and you trusted and you believed in it, and then it turns out it just it wasn't the case. And so I'm going to take that. It's a lesson. That's all right. We learn lessons and stuff like this. I mean, think about it this way. Uh, it's, it's essentially the same with God, same with Satan. Uh, I have to tell you, we don't know. We don't know how it works out, folks. It could be Satan in the end that wins. That's that's just the way it is. It, I know you believe God this and heaven this and revelation this, but in the end, you never know until it's over. And uh, you guys just need to, to, to understand this, that there's a great possibility that in the end, Satan wins and everything you ever cared about is ripped away from you and destroyed right in front of your face. It's possible, folks. But on the brighter side, Emory Acoustic. We'll be there next week, guys. We're going to be in Dallas on the 21st, Houston on the 22nd, and Austin, Texas on the 23rd. The locations are secured, and the details, if you've already bought a ticket, the details will be coming to you very, very shortly. Toby, Devin, and I, uh, we're going to do Emory's song. It's going to be great. There's still some tickets available if you want to get them, but they're going to be full. So get them, get them now. Go to emoryacoustic.com. That's our new thing, Emory Acoustic. Get with it. All right. Now we'll talk about the death of the sermon. Three, two, one. Hit it, Joseph Svensson. Quack, 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 quack. Dope, 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 don't. Ding, don't, don't, don't. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Joey's the one that's supposed to do the duck voice. You got up at 7.30 on Saturday mornings to watch Pee-wee's Oh, wow. I wouldn't even... Oh, yeah, I got it. It's Wacky on Pee-wee's Playhouse. That one. It's going to be that kind of morning. You know, I was I was going through old cartoons the other day because I was like, man, it's so crazy. And I was the one, y'all watch Gummy Bears? Gummy no. Bears bouncing here and there and no. everywhere. No, I didn't Matt, you didn't watch that one? Mm-hmm. I didn't do that one or the Snorkels. Snorks. I didn't care. The snorkels. Snorks. Snorks. Oh, snorks. Snorks. Okay. Are you sure? I thought it was the Snorkels. Was snorks. Snorks. That, Swim along like rip- with the Snorks. They were a rip off of the Smurfs. Right. Yeah, totally. So that wasn't good. I like the Gummy Bears. I like Thundercats. I'm trying to think when I woke up first thing in the morning, what was on. There was a weird one called uh, something like it was these cool cars and they were spies. Um, and then what else did I used to watch? There was oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was really good back then. The cool cars that were spies were called Mask. GoBots. Mask. Yeah, Mask. That was the coolest cartoon. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can find that on YouTube. Mask. I bet it's not cool anymore. It was very cool. And, and then He Man was awesome. Oh, yeah. I even like She Ra. Y'all remember She Ra? And they had like yeah. the. Uh, Shira had like this little guy that was, <laughs> that was hidden, and if you you had to look for him throughout the whole show, 
Yeah. And if you and they would show you where he was, what scene he was in, and I was like, that's such a cool idea. I love that. But Transformers at 7:30 was awesome. But I mean, my kids are never going to experience that ever. They're never going to wake up on Saturday morning and go, yeah. I mean, they mm-hmm. they're watching cartoons right now on Netflix. Right. It's all on right. demand. But the bigger problem with that that I see is this one. Your kids come to you say they're watching it and then the battery dies and then they'll they'll do stuff like look at you go, it died. Daddy, it died. So you're going to have a little bit of trouble, I believe, with this generation. Uh, explain to them what it means to die. Because when you th- they know the word died, and they mean that means it's off right now until you plug it back in. Right. Right. So that's that's what I'm concerned about. Is Grandma died. We'll, we'll get, go get the charger. In. Where's the charger. What is the USB or what? I mean, micro USB cable, we've got one in the car. That's why Fluffy the cat, you know, he died. No big deal. So I think that that's probably more of the issue we're going to have. Listen to this. Like, I, I, uh, gosh, I don't even know how to change the tone of this, but uh, really is crazy. It's this is one of those deaths where it's weird that this guy's gone because I knew him really well in college, and I just found out. Oh yeah, so and so died. He went into for like a routine surgery. Things fell apart and ended up was dying. An so old anyway, person, a friend of yours. What is this? No, this this guy was an RA of mine, and he was a good somebody uh, your age. Yeah, eight years older. So not yeah, not technically, but yeah, kind of kind of a peer. So anyway, I'm on Facebook and I noticed that um, that it's his birthday, and people are on his Facebook wall. So his Facebook got left up, right? So his Facebook, yeah, and people are on there and they're wishing him a happy birthday. Now that's not out of the ordinary. You got some people that are just like, hey man, happy birthday, miss you, buddy. Can't believe you're gone. Happy birthday, man. Uh, you know, love you. We had some good times together. But then I was scrolling down and there was a dozen and a half to to two or three dozen of people that were just happy birthday exclamation mark. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. And I it it just I hope dawned you're on doing me. Well. I was like, right. Yeah. It just dawned on me these people have no clue that this person who they just wish to have a birthday is never going to get their birthday message. They don't I was know like, he's dead. Oh my gosh, because you, you get you get the birthday notifications on your Facebook and you can write on their wall without even going to their wall. So they're just thinking, oh, yeah, my old buddy from college or high school or something like that. Sure, I'll wish him my birthday. It'll be neat for them to hear from me. And let me know, this is the first time in the history of mankind where you can wish someone a happy birthday and it's not dead. know that they're dead. I mean, that yeah. is just unbelievable to me. And then it just started making me think just how many other aspects of culture do we not even realize are just drastically changed and we just we we we've taken it for granted like we don't even realize just how fundamentally different culture is because of facebook and just how we interact yeah. with people on facebook i mean it's just crazy a dead person got birthday wishes how i mean that's just crazy if you think about well, it. it well it's weird too because i mean in this day and age with all this technology and everybody's so connected and everything people didn't know he was dead right so you're less like, connected in a way right yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what what that shows you is how superficial it is as well. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's not really... The, I mean, your friends on Facebook are not your... I mean, the ones you see in person mm-hmm. daily are, but, I mean, the majority, the vast majority of your friends on Facebook, you have no clue who they are. You won't even say hey to them in person, maybe ever. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> yet, so yet another reason, as I like to do, is to de-emphasize birthdays. You may be wishing a dead person happy birthday. Thank you very much. So let's knock it off with the birthdays. Also, gives me an idea. We should be in that. You know how uh, Bridget has the Fitbit, right? She tracks her sleep, this stuff. Well, she it's got obvious. That? Yeah, it's connected to her, you right. know, computer, app, all that stuff like that. 
certainly we need one that when you die, it updates your Facebook. It's an app that you can install. <laughs> it's connected to your Fitbit somehow. You know, when you die, nobody has to go on your Facebook and do it. It auto removes the stuff and updates the status and puts your final picture message, which you can prepare right now. This wow. app is only a $15 app and you set it up right now. And so when you die, it either pulls it from the record database or right off your Fitbit that your pulse ended or something. Now, that wouldn't exactly work because you take your Fitbit right. off. But when you die, it's sometimes automatically without a loved one having to go in and update your Facebook right. or get your password or whatever, it automatically does, well, thanks for the ride, folks. You know, and you could set it for if it happens in five years or 10 years or 30, you know, you could set it for the, obviously okay. this was a, a, you know, you could set it, you could change it before you go in for surgery, like in the <laughs> event and it's going to update your Facebook automatically. It's just an, a simple app kind of thing. <laughs> Good idea. And it goes in with today's theme of idea sharing. So that's, that's what I wanted to talk about today is idea sharing. And I want right. to talk about, um, we teased it before and I'll tease it again now. We'll talk you know, hopefully more after the break, but the death of the sermon. So when I'm talking about idea sharing, um, I think it's crazy because the, the idea I had before about the marriage insurance people freaked out about because it's almost literally exactly what I said that Swan Love yeah. does. And then somebody tweeted us the other day. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but somebody tweeted us that Toby's idea of having an atheist at church to weigh in during oh, yeah. the service, um, yeah. that somebody has done that. And I don't think either of those are copies of our ideas, but at Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas, the uh, pastor there at a big mega church, they have th three or four services. They had an atheist guy named Hemet Metha come in and he interviewed him for the sermon. Wow. And he did it for the whole time. And I watched the video and it was amazing. It was so awesome. And that was your idea, Toby. And what a tremendous idea. It was super powerful to me because it was a, you know, it was a really neat notion that they would they wouldn't protect it and they would do it and it was still yeah. churchy in some degree but and even he said on his website that some people left because they didn't want to hear like some people in the church oh, got up sure. and left before he started speaking because they didn't want to hear from an atheist at the church you know he's coming on our podcast right him at methodist yeah really yeah sometime in march nice that's that's guy, i was gonna say guy. we should try to get him on the podcast he would seem really cool yeah i yeah, didn't know that's that the, that's the guy that taylor sent uh us a video to watch because his church did that even before the church. Oh, yeah, that's right. Saw. Oh, okay. And so I watched it, and I was like, this guy is super cool. Oh, we that's awesome. On. Yeah. So I just touched bases with nice. him. Nice. Well, yeah. yeah. But, I, you know, and I want to talk more he, about... He actually said that he's right on the edge of accepting Jesus, and so he wants to come on. No, and, would and take him the rest of the way. <laughs> you know, for us to take a swing at that. Well, that's what he said in the thing. He said, had I gotten down on my knee and confessed there and accepted Jesus, this thing would be going so viral right now. <laughs> oh, my god! Which it would have, you know. It would have been... Uh, that, but it didn't. That's not what it, it did. So props to that church for doing that. Props <laughs> to churches for doing that. And so we'll talk more about sermons themselves and what stuff go in churches later. But I am captivated and uh, compelled right now by the uh, the kind of stuff that we're doing and other people are doing, where it's really about sharing ideas. So to me, what I'm saying is, sharing ideas is better than building shit. Better than owning stuff. It's, it seems like it's actually more useful and effective, and, and that's the thing that's really exciting to me is that not that these people stole our ideas or were even profound, but if I think the more people that are sharing ideas and having them and, and doing that is better. It's just better for everybody, and even better than that, it's less tied to you know your ego or what you get out of it or how you own it. Like That ownership thing is becoming less as a trend that I think. If yeah. that, does that make sense to me? 
So, I mean, yeah. Does that what I'm saying make sense? That the owning of something and having it is actually becoming less valuable versus sharing stuff out there and then the world gets better and you get less credit, which is kind of goes is really good anyway. Huh. The less credit thing, I, I'm I don't know. I think people want still want the credit. I know, but I'm saying it's that, nice but, that people are being rewarded by releasing yeah. oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. ideas and breaking the rules right. and just sharing information freely yes. instead of everything being so proprietary kind of thing. Matt, let me let me give you real quick, I want to give you the opposite extreme of what you're talking about. And this is one of the most bizarre things that's ever happened to me. I would say definitely makes the top twenty five. So when I was doing student ministry, I'm sitting across from this guy and he's 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 interested in volunteering uh, at the church that I'm doing student ministry. And he's just like, yeah, I've got some youth pastoring experience and I did some camps and all that stuff. And he's got like a stack of paper. Uh, and he's just like, I've got so many ideas, so many things I've implemented, so many games, so many team building activities and all that stuff. And I kind of motioned like, Oh, cool. Let me, let me check it out. Yeah. And he put his hand on the stack of paper and, and gave me a look like, you kidding me? You're yeah. not going to look at this. Right. I could not believe <laughs> no, it. That's exactly like, right. That's the way a lot of people think. To volunteer for church, and I and you brought this stack of ideas, and I can't even look at it. Like he was just like, "This is yeah. top secret stuff. I'm not letting you in on Absolutely. this." Absolutely, like, that's crazy. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna label that as what I would call proprietary for the sake of this discussion. That's for his point, you know. though. Well, What's the point exactly? Of that? Um, exactly, but that's what you would call a famine mentality, where you got to protect stuff and this stuff. But it's interesting because over the last century, we've been we've gotten into like you know it's been a big deal for stuff like intellectual property, for instance, like piracy yep. and sharing and copying. That was that was all this big worry. And stuff, but the things have changed now, and it's almost more outdated to where people do share. People put music on SoundCloud. People make give stuff away for free. People don't protect stuff as much as they used to, and it's not it's not bad. Right. So I'm just kind of naming that as like an advancement, and saying that even anti piracy and intellectual property to me those seem like regressive in a way. I'm not trying to be really crazy and out there. But I I love the notion of of saying so what who cares and Toby's doing something kind of like that now uh, I've been talking to Toby a little bit about it. I don't know where he's at or what he wants to share but Toby writes you know how we did songs the other day and he wrote some Christmas songs in at the you know on the podcast of that Christmas episode yeah well Toby can write songs like that constantly permanently and never not worry about it so what one of the most intellectual property things that's protected is music and people's what they've written and so i've kind of challenged toby and i think he's on board with it and is going to do it i think he should just make songs and just constantly give away song ideas not even finish songs not necessarily record them but make a podcast or a youtube channel or something where he's just going to share his ideas and just show just show it you know like uh, we've been joking around the name of the show should be unstoppable badass because I would say as many songs as he gives away, he can write five more, and probably the more he gives away and the less he protects it, he'll probably get even better and better at writing new songs anyway. So let's let's take that like what a good mentality. That's the opposite of closing that playbook of youth minister ideas. So what are you thinking on doing with that, Toby? Because I love the idea. Well, I've been trying to plan a podcast for a while, and I'm way slower and lazier than you two because you guys have kick-ass <laughs> podcasts that have been going for a while now. So I'm feeling a little bit of pressure and guilt. So I've been trying to figure this out. And Matt, yeah, you and I were having that conversation about, man, I do have just tons of ideas. And I know people, here's the thing I really believe. I think a lot of people can, maybe even everybody, I think, yes, I actually believe that everybody can write a song. Uh-huh. They just don't have confidence or have exactly any direction, uh, the right direction that they want to go in or what they want to do or 
even know what they can do, what the possibilities are. And I want the number one gift I have is I'm not a, a great looking man. I hadn't been good with money. I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been a good person. <laughs> but one thing that I can do, my best skill that I actually have is I can come up with a song idea just mm-hmm. quickly and constantly. Right. And and not, not saying that's the greatest idea in the world or, or that other people can't do that, but I really am capable of writing a lot of music. Yeah. That's good. You have a refi- you have a natural talent and a refined skill. Other people can get good at it, but you're That's naturally true. good at it and refined. Yes, I am good at it. And so I think, why not start giving some of those ideas away? Well, hang on there. Most people right there just go, well, no, you can't give it away, though. But why is it okay to give it away versus protect it is the, is the point. Honestly, it's just, it feels kind of right and it's more fun. So I mean, you mean like really you'll give people lyrics and chord progressions and melodies and just let yeah. whatever, just put it out there. Yeah, I've been experimenting in the garage, just recording myself and seeing what comes up. Like some of it's even like silly or crazy. Like it's just an, an like immediate idea. Like I'll just be messing around and come up with a chord progression, or I'll come up with a, a melody idea or some lyrics, and just I kind of want to give it to people and see what they do with it. Like and I you, think it, you would encourage real bands to take yeah. that idea, either however yeah. they want to tweak it, or it literally just the few notes and chords you give, and just right they can make it. There's no copyright. Exactly. You, yeah, you know. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna charge you or try and get a percentage of it or anything. Not gonna do that. I'm just gonna come up with ideas and I want to give them away for sure. That's so awesome. I'm not really aware that of of people doing that, but it's so in line with this the whole notion. That, like, I mean, maybe I'm being hyper stupid here. Maybe we're really dumb. But if you do stuff and transparency is a value, like I like being transparent about money or what you're thinking or ideas that you have. I'm not mad that people stole, not that they stole the marriage idea, but even if they did, good. Yeah. I think it was a good idea. So good. So if, if people take your music and turn it into albums and make a million dollars, would you be mad? No, that would be the, the coolest thing that could ever happen, actually. <laughs> I mean, if, right. It would probably benefit you in the long run anyway, because you, totally. if, you if you didn't have that get song giveaway mechanism, and right. you wouldn't have written a song that day anyway, and it wouldn't exist in the world. Right. So what you're going to do now is going to cause it to exist, and you're not going to get any credit for it. You will not get credit for it. In the long run, it'll benefit you because people see you as doing that or maybe reference you or, right. you know, it'll come back to you somehow, probably. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'll know. Right. And that's what's kind of cool. And, and the thing that's, that's neat about this is I'm just sharing ideas, and I think that's what makes everything better. That I, I, Hopefully, it can make music better, and hopefully yeah, people will like the ideas and take them. And, and what's really cool about it is if I just start with an idea and you run with it and make it an awesome song, you're exactly right, man. I mean, they made it an awesome song. I probably wasn't going to work that hard with it anyway and somebody can take it and make it something and add yeah. their ideas to it and form something and maybe it's just you know like it's just kind of like brainstorming together that's it's what I think almost like cool. we're in the infant stage of being of oh now that we can share information as freely as we can right. podcasts music download mp3s storage wi-fi it's like we haven't even we're super infant adolescent in what's capable what's possible even with the technology we have so it's not even that we need more technology just with the sharing technology we have now the ramifications the repercussions and the possibilities we're in the super adolescent stage right now right so it's kind of like i might sound like the wingnut out there but man this is it's just kind of exciting to me of thinking of the world changing in the behaviors of people and what the values are because in this you might be one of the early people trying to push against intellectual property. That's amazing. Like, what if that's a better paradigm for everybody? And as sinful, flawed humans, of course, we always want credit and stuff like that. But this is a, it's a really nice thing. If our society and culture is going to motivate people away from that instead of reinforcing it. 
It's kind of interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And that's why the podcast and the sites is called unstoppablebadass.com. <laughs> because did you get it, that I, domain? Yeah, I did. I bought it. It is what the, it is what the podcast is gonna, the podcast is going to have a bunch of stuff. It's going to be funny and it's going to be a bunch of different stuff. You have to listen. It's going to be coming out soon. Soon, loosely. <laughs> yeah, loosely. I'm going to leave that loosely. But a uh, 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 part of the podcast will be me just talking about music and uh, creating a song. You'll you'll get to hear some of that stuff. Some of the stuff I give away. The main thing is I love the idea of brainstorming kind of together with people. Like I came up with an idea, somebody ran with it. And I was, here's what my dream would be is how cool would it have been like my favorite bands if they would have said, yeah, here's an idea that we never turned it into a song. And then I got to mess around with it. Unbelievable. That would have been like one of my favorite things I've ever been able to do. And I'm not saying that I'm anybody's favorite musician in the world. I, well, I am some people's. But um, <laughs> I, I think what is cool Joey. about it is I think it'll be so exciting to hear like, I come up with an idea, and that's where somebody took it. Oh, man, that'll be, like, so fun to find that out and to hear it and see how much better or worse the song is. Like, that, that is going to be so fun. Like, people just messing around with music, and, and everybody gets to own it. Yeah. Like, the world gets to own it. That's so cool. Well, the you know, you, the way Christian culture often is is a bit behind. That's the thing, right? So if this stuff is true, what we're saying here now is that things can just be freer and op more open and more shared and less proprietary, as I've said. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, all the stuff, like the acoustic shows we're doing with Devin coming up. Right. I'm not saying, oh, what a crazy idea, but we've cut out a bunch of middlemen. We've cut out a bunch of, we're selling tickets. They're very expensive. They're almost all sold out. They're going to sell out. And we're going to make good money on it, and the fans are going to get exactly what they want, and it's a new idea, and it's just... All this stuff is so stoking me out right now. And then I go, wait a minute. Is church, are we, is Christian culture, unfortunately going to have to just be really behind as the things change? That's almost like a depressing right. thought to think about. Here's the thing I've, I've kind of been thinking about for a, a while. I feel like the church culture now is um, something happens, it really works, everybody copies it. Yeah. The reason why that sucks is it ends up being a copy of a copy of a copy. And then there's a few things, there's a few people. And when, when something's just a copy, the only way you can differentiate yourself, especially in the church system, is just the pastor. Either he's funny mm -hmm. or he's crazy or he's really serious. And the, But otherwise, <laughs> the church looks exactly the same. They got the, yeah. they got the youth group. They have this thing. They have, you know, they have the Sunday morning event. Right. They have the, the parking greeting staff. I mean, all the, all the things are the exact same except for the one dude. And so then that elevates him to be the, the serious major mm -hmm. talking point or the major point of why you go and stuff like that. That's the danger in that. And we just, we don't, we're scared in the church to try something new. Like, yeah. why wouldn't, I mean, really, like, it always ends up kind of looking the same. And maybe that's because it works. I'm not saying it uh -huh. doesn't work. It, it does work. But why are we so scared of trying something different and failing? And being weird right. and being crazy. Like the, well, that's the, the, bad kind the greatest of technologies in the world happen yeah. that way. The, the only way we all have all phones, cell phones, and, and internet, and also is because a bunch of people failed at stuff. That's right. That's way cool. Well, church is yeah. the worst copying because they do copy, but they copy in the stealing way. And, and it's like the worst. Like, first, what I'm saying on one hand is share and copy, like copying your songs and using them. That's that's actually a, a noble thing the way I look at it. But the way that Christianity and churches copy is is worse than that because what they want to do is take somebody else's uh, not idea, but they just want to copy a whole system because it's got some proven results and it's not risky and it's not you're not trying to put yourself out there doing anything with it. And then you try to keep it and own it and rebrand it as yours and then have control over it. So instead of yeah. sharing something, you're trying to 
control a thing. And that's where I think it's weird. And We've thought about this before, but I think when we started this podcast and we started this website and we started Bad Christian, it was like, we're going to try and figure out some new stuff or some new systems. And then Joey's a pastor and you guys work at churches. And I think it's almost logical to think, well, at some point, and we've talked about it for 20 years, not even 10, but 15 or 20 years. What if we started a church one day? Right. And I'm getting farther away from thinking that's a good idea. <laughs> really? But not, but not because not, but not. Um, okay. Hold on real quickly. Matt's getting farther away from that idea. I am completely in the middle. Joey, where are you? Start a church? Or are you getting more like on board with, you think, definitely starting a church or like Matt getting farther away? Um, Just a quick answer. No, there's no way of saying a quick answer. I would say <laughs> there is a way. Then you I would, say, yes, I'm getting closer to starting a church or not. I would say yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not attacking that directly, but what I'm trying to make is, you, is a bigger point that it might be more valuable to do some of the stuff that we're doing. I mean, that sounds arrogant in a way, but at the same time, it might be not the right idea to try to make our own proprietary version of something and prove that is this, this, or that. Yeah. It might be better even to contribute this way. And I know some of the stuff is just dick jokes. So whatever. I'm not and I and if people take ideas and they add to it or whatever, it, some iterations of the future that will give Christianity and everybody the best chance of not being okay, well there's the Joey model and there's the this and we tweak this a little bit. That's how you get behind. Right. That's how you get behind is by is by trying to instead of work together to make your own version of this and your own version of this. And I have my little, like making my own little ministry almost seems counterproductive to increasing the relevance of Christianity in the church in a general way. I will be less credited with it. That's good. See, right? I, first of all, that's a good thing anyway. And so instead of saying, oh, well, we're just doing this podcast right now, I would suggest that the amount of impact from it is much larger than you having a thriving 800 church where you make a salary and you have the building and all that versus you sharing your ideas to tens of thousands. Sure. It, it might be more noble and more valuable to be in the business of challenging, stretching, collaborating. That guy that had that book of all these ideas, he should post that and everybody should take it and everybody should do it if they want to or not or change it and take his name off of it. That's the more noble cause. That's better than you building a little mini ministry of yours with your brand and your logo and your name on it. I totally agree. And I think what I would say is Toby and I are part of a, a church. It's been established since 1988. It's a great church. They have a niche. Sure. They're doing what they feel God wants them to do. I feel like, okay, that was done in 1988. It's running its course. It will continue to do so. It will continue to flourish. It's led by great folks. And it has changed and adapted a yeah, little bit. Yeah, sure, sure. But yeah. I, I am surprised that that same sort of model is continuing. Because for me, when I think of what you just described, Matt, I'm 100% on board. I'm just like, why, why are there still people that are saying, okay, well, I can do this too. And I'm going to go such and such place and, and do this too especially when they're going to a city where there's already a bunch of churches and sure. I, I know all the arguments with all that stuff. I remember you said something earlier and I forgot what it was, but it's basically just the, the universal church at some point. That's the only thing that's going to exist. That's right. Is we know there's a church that's spread all over the world and we come into contact with them sometimes on the grocery store. There's some in our neighborhood. Um, and, and, and then everything else just takes kind of its own form. Of course, pastor, of course, gather, of course, do communion, sure. of course, do all sure. those things. And I'm not, right. of course, I'm not saying not to, or people shouldn't, or people that have a building or nothing. I'm not, 
attacking anything like that. I'm just saying right. the farther minded, the more zoomed out view might be to look at the church as becoming a big hive of the community. Right. We, we might be actually way closer to what the Bible describes as a universal church than we right. were able to be a hundred years ago. I agree. Here's a perfect example, in, in my opinion, is back in the day, it would be unheard of to watch. I was telling Toby, we were talking about technology today, and I said, I remember when it was a big deal on a Saturday morning for us to go to a store rent a VCR and five VHS movies and watch them as a family. Like we rented a VCR because we didn't own one. And it was like, wow, this is awesome. We're watching movies at our house. We get to play them when we want to watch them in whatever order. They don't have to depend on the TV. Unheard of to not go to a movie theater and then watch movies at your leisure. So that you used to have to go to a theater to watch a movie where now you can watch a movie on your phone, in a bus, in an airplane, at home, wherever and I think it's going to be the same thing with church. At, at what at what point, I mean, there's got to be a point where people are just like, no, I don't really have to go to a, this specific place sure. on a Sunday morning to listen to this one person. Sure. There's a lot of people I want to listen to. I want to listen to Greg Surratt because I heard he just gave us such and such a message this past Sunday. But then someone told me about this other message. Right. And, oh, yeah, I have Christian friends that we hang out with. That's right. I don't need to really go. Well, to well the immediate pushback yes. there is, yeah, but you got to have your community and you got to have your fellow believers that I you meet with. I just said I have friends. As, that's what I'm okay. going to say. They, the, the church diminishes the actual real community of where you live. Like Because like for me, even, for example, it is way easier just to, oh, yeah, the, all these people get here on Sunday. I'll talk with them and meet them. I, it's mm. way harder for me, actually, to spend time invested in my street people oh, yeah, that right. live on my street. <laughs> like that's way harder and, and bizarre and, what, and weird. And awkward. And that's kind of strange. Like what would be better? Like the truth is doing both. And I'm sure churches encourage you to know the people in your street. But for sure, I mean, the thing that is underlying here is it's dangerous because somebody might uh, not hear the gospel clearly and abuse it or do, use it wrong or something like that. But that's all about your control, though. I agree. I totally agree. That's all about who controls the knowledge. But that's what they would say. I'm not saying if you're a pastor and you have a church, then you're an egomaniac control freak, although some are. But that's a mentality that is going to, I'm gonna, saying, is going to be a little bit more right. uh, old. Not, not bad, different. And it was appropriate for a time. And I think the future holds not that. So I'm going to continue to push against what I would call the proprietary ministries. The biggest example would be the biggest church with the stuff, with the study guide, with the structure of how com what community is. They meet in the group. They go through the thing. They go through the sermon notes. It's titled this, and everybody sits around and talks about, I thought it was cool how Pastor so-and-so said this. Yeah, I think that's cool. You know, The whole thing where it's a whole system yeah. that they are going to fabricate and then implement into everybody's life. Great intentions there. Um, it's, it reminds me a lot like the education system. You know, it, it was great, but now we have some better stuff. So you don't necessarily have to train all the uh, teachers to be good at oration and lecturing because Mike could just train them better with YouTube, honestly. So it's going to take a while for that to figure out how to be utilized. But, you know, having the church be the answer and the center of everything, I don't think is, is a good idea or the right answer in the future. And as we transition to that, I want to challenge people to think outside of things that would be considered your proprietary ministry. So it makes me feel a little bit less like getting into one or doing one, and not because it's not important, and it's not because any of the things about the universal church are important, but you know, that's just kind of what I'm saying, and I, I'm not saying this podcast is so important. One of the funniest ones is uh, just CCLI. That right, that seems wrong to me now. Christian music, churches have to pay to play your song. Right. Because of intellectual property. That's a great example. Imagine if all the cover bands in, a, in just in America had to pay to play 
Uh, free bird. Well, they, they technically they do. There's a license that each club plays where, you know, an ASCAP oh, well, collects on that. So, but, so I guess it's normal. But, well, but it's not as aggressive as CCLI. CCLI uses like right. guilt and honest reporting and stuff. And, that, you know, it's really, it's not to like take care of these poor artists. It's, you know, it's for John Mark and Chris Tomlin are the ones that are the beneficiary. Whoever has the most airplay on air one is going to make the money it's not really protecting and that's not that it's not bad i'm just saying that was that system was designed originally that's what i want to clarify you're not saying that it's that terrible no, and that they're sinful and that no if i write a christian song and i can get paid for it great that's fine and, and yeah i want to i want to get paid for it that's that's not what i'm saying or what matt's saying here either but i do think it's just interesting that uh especially in the christian world where we we hold on to this and have to we keep it to ourselves even the idea of the gospel you have to come here to this room to hear the gospel in this way or something like, you know what I mean? Like right. putting it out there. I, I mean, I guess there's a lot of passages that put stuff out, but the more free stuff. You got me started on this train of thought. A few weeks ago, we were talking about how the pastors sometimes can keep people dependent by the type of the sermon and you're going to get out of the sin and I'm going to give you three steps here. That's a, a symptom of the, of the full problem. And I, again, I'm not blaming you, but I'm just trying to think farther outside of the box and be reactive and adaptive. And my hope is that Christianity and churches don't further tighten in and look like they have to control and answer everything because then they're just going to to have an immersive system where you have all the answers matter factly means that you're going to have to be proprietary careful and behind because you need all the research you need to see it bear out in business you need to see how other churches fail before you can ever get to having a system that's effective and by that time it's going to be too late and we're going to further and further christian as technology and culture changes and speeds up faster do you predict that Christianity will seem more behind or less. That's the kind of thing we have to push up against as Christianity right now. We'll be more behind as things go faster. We're already behind. I think of a church like, uh, and I'll use Mars Hill as an example because you, that's your closest no, reference. That's your closest <laughs> reference point. If I go, if I go on Mars Hill, and this, this is, I, I'll go ahead and accept the heckling and everything. This is probably pretty naive. Boo. Uh, when I go to marshill.org or whatever the we- website was, I don't go in there thinking, wow, this is ancient. This is the oldest. Look. I'm yeah. thinking, oh, they're pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this is awesome. They- they're pretty much up to date on technology. Sure. Uh, you know, maybe maybe there's some things that I heard from Mars Hill was the first time. Oh, right. I didn't yeah. know you well, do that. I mean, that's probably the first podcast I ever sure. listened to. Right. But let me, so, let, let, let me draw the parallel there. They were way advanced for a church, right? Maybe the best. But I'm pretty sure at that same time, there was technologies like Uber being developed. Yeah. Were they ahead of that? No, way behind. Not that that's bad. I'm saying who's ahead of Uber? Nobody. But right. that's what I'm, you know. Well, the other problem that y'all are well, talking me, about here, too. Toby's they're, church they're all, but they're, the technology that churches are trying to figure out is just to go back into themselves. Right. And stay about that's church. The problem, yeah. As opposed to why, would, why wouldn't a church be creating some kind of Uber service that helps people that don't have cars? That's right. <laughs> or not, why is the technology, the church talks about the church the church i'm assuming that people in the church are not doing things for the no we're talking about the organization of the church itself you know the the organization of the church yeah there's probably people obviously people coming up with there's a guy at seacoast that has a uh, furniture bank that he created and did it's really awesome and i mean uh, obviously people are coming up with stuff but my point would be Church talks about church, is in thinks about church, right? And does church, and it's the building, and that's and a, yeah. keep the people and butts in the seats and stuff like that. And then uh, the other thing too that I I've kind of been mulling over in my mind too, and maybe this goes back to like it's so protected that it also looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to churches, especially the bigger the church, the nicer it is. Like it looks 
like the rest of the, the history of the world, you know, go back, you know, 100 years all the way to the beginning of time would have thought that all these mega churches are mansions and unbelievable wealth and all this stuff. And, and it really did. I started thinking this the other day. If you were walking down the street and a guy comes up to you and he has on like brand new Nikes and cool clothes and, you know, an iPod and Beats headphones and all that stuff. And then he holds up a sign and says, please need help money. Would you give it to him? <laughs> Would you give that to <laughs> That's what churches are. <laughs> yeah. But that's what a church is. Like a church is supposed to, it looks really, uh, I really was thinking like, man, churches should give stuff away and be like as poor as you can and people give more money. Yeah, you're probably like, right. The church shouldn't be wealthy at all. The church should be as poor as possible. Interesting. Because giving everything away, doesn't have anything. And the building doesn't look that great. Well, giving away is definitely the key. You know, it's kind of raggedy and all that stuff. And it should be like, oh man, I got to give money. Holy crap, our church is falling apart. I mean, I got to not... I got to get comfortable. Oh, wait, now we get the new pews. Now we get the better sounds. No, here's the lights. We need the lights. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that that doesn't make me want to give money. That makes me think, oh, yeah, we're comfortable. Oh, we're fine. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. Wow, that's really cool. Okay. Ooh, cool sound system. Well, we're up against a break here. So let's. I want to talk about some of the ideas that we had and do have instead of thinking, ooh, we're going to get our ideas together and then maybe one day we'll launch church. I'm saying if y'all don't care, let's just talk about them out loud here. Okay. And if other people can use them, great. That's the theme of the show today. Yep. So let's do that um, and still talk about sermons a little bit too because that's what we're going to get, get right into. So I'll tell you what, guys, I got a lot of great ideas, so I'm going to bow out of the rest yeah, of this. If episode. you want to hold your proprietary <laughs> ideas, feel free. <laughs> yeah. All right, be right back. Hey, um, you know what? Hey, um, hey, 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 um, Right before Christmas break, we were eating a lot of Blue Apron. And I have to say that I I was uh, making it because Priscilla was doing a lot of real estate stuff. So I was trying to cook at home. And gosh, it just keeps, I keep confirming what I always say, but it's just so true. I'm making the best food that I've ever tasted. But here, I, I want to tell people just some cool functionalities too, is uh, once you once you buy into Blue Apron, it's so user friendly to get on your website. So the Christmas holidays are coming up, and I'm just like, you know, once once families in town, and my mom's cooking a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and everything. I want to put I want to put some meals on hold. All you have to do is just click, put it on hold. They'll stop sending the mail, uh, the meals, and then you just hit resume whenever you want them to come back in and everything. But I'm just telling you that this food is just so. Yummy. Yep. I just made the seared cod and date vinaigrette with brown butter, uh, quinoa, and spinach salad. I made that two nights ago. Mm-hmm. I always make the fish, they say, too, when it comes first and it's still fresh. I mean, you know, it's great. Hey, did you make Did you make the lamb burgers and it had that spicy spread on nope. the toast? Bread? Oh. Nope, I hadn't done this one. But when I made this one, I was making it for somebody that was over at our house, and they're like, okay, whatever. And they even had heard the ads and stuff before. And then when I gave it to them, they were just like, what, what? Like once it all came together at the end and I put the cilantro garnish on it and had it sitting on top of the quinoa bed and sitting that fish perfectly cooked, just like they tell you to do it sitting there. They were, the person was blown away just at the presentation alone and in the taste. So Blue Apron's tremendous. If you guys haven't tried it yet, you have to try it because you get a daggum free trial. Man. You're just not going to eat like this anywhere else. Yep. Each meal can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. No trips to the grocery store. No sad takeout. Five to 700 calories. Delicious and good for you. And right now, you can get your first two meals for free at blueapron.com slash badchristian. That's blueapron.com slash badchristian. Blue Apron's a better way to cook. 
And we're back. All right, Matt. All just right, destroy man. the church. No, I'm not. No, the whole point of this is that is that kind of the opposite of that, really. So I think I we've got a good base going here. What I'm saying is I have a notebook of, of ideas, and we've discussed it a lot of times. I, I started keeping an Evernote at some point of Ooh. what I thought church should be or if we ever started one or whatever. I have one of those too. I, this makes less less sense not to talk about it instead of whatever. But Sure. Um, if you picture this, your I mentioned education because I think it's a good parallel. If you look at a history teacher at a local high school who's just average, not really, he's not going to be good. Right? Okay. And nowadays you have you have people that can give TED talks or Dan Carlin's hardcore mm-hmm. history. Wouldn't you rather have Dan Carlin as your history teacher than the guy yes. at yes, Seneca yes, yeah. Middle School? Or, you know, Daniel High School's teacher that's on tenure there, whatever. Um, well, you can now, but our system just simply doesn't allow for it. So we know right. that doesn't make a ton of sense. So in the same way... Matt, I'm tracking with you, buddy. In the same way, if you be honest, everybody knows people are all listening to, you know, archive of John Piper or Matt Chandler or Greg Surratt and not really listening to their local pastor because he's not as good. Right. But that's not to say that local communities aren't good and everything else local isn't that good. But we know people are consuming these things in mass, and so you're really better off to embrace it and allow them to get the good delivery of the good uh, material and stuff like that. So I guess what I was thinking, uh, we discussed this before, is if you put church into a way more comfortable thing, that was uh, the easiest way I can say it is it should be like m- way more like a late night show. It should be way more like Kimmel. And you should ha- have no lead pastor, but you should have a guy like Kimmel who has people on like Matt Chandler or people that are good that have certain messages. Because you know a lot of pastors have their own messages anyway that they're like really good at. Yeah, They have certain topics that they really nail. Yeah, And so why wouldn't you have only your, your, your job would be a host. Maybe you have the band. That's a parallel to a late night show. You have the, the roots over there playing. You have a good worship band. Everybody's way more relaxed than in stiff church. And then you have on somebody like Matt Chandler or even just local people that are really good or have a good message on giving or sanctification or a good message on sovereignty, whatever it is. You have the, the somebody really awesome come in, and here would be the kicker, in my opinion. What I'd love to see is for that not – it's called a clinker. It's the clinker would be that you would have somebody, <laughs> you wouldn't allow that person who clearly has a great grasp of their subject, you wouldn't allow them to preach, but you would instead engage them in 45 minutes of conversation about the topic. And now, Toby had said a long time ago, this is a roundabout way of getting here, but Toby had said around, uh, a long time ago that we should write a book, and our next book should be called The Death of the Sermon. And I was like, Absolutely not. First of all, sermons are biblical. They're real. They're important. It's not a matter of eliminating a sermon. I'm not on board with that whatsoever. And uh, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody <laughs> in particular, but I was in church this week, and during the sermon, I was like, yeah, this doesn't make sense to me anymore. Like, I really had a moment of like, I didn't... I said that we need something different than this. It's not that this is a bad sermon or a good sermon. I, right. I really am at the place now, which is a transformation for me, where I'm ready to discuss the death of the sermon, really. And it, the main reason is because I want to say it's careful. Now, I don't care if I'm careful or not. Who, what do I care? Sermons are like— Matt, be careful. No, I'm not going to be careful. <laughs> sermons are like pre-prepared uh, speeches, and then— we automatically at this point in culture have that a turnoff switch for that. I don't listen to that. I don't listen to pre-prepared speech. I have access to unbelievably smart people having conversations in places like podcasts where you can hear Sam Harris debate, you know, somebody else like on a real topic in real conversation. And then, you know, 
whether or not they really know it or whether they really mean it or whatever. Anybody can pre-prepare or can a thing, defend their own points and not have it challenged or not have it interactive to the point where it sounds like a pitch, which we just we're we're almost we're kind of past that in a way. Right. So you have almost this automatic turnoff valve for for sermons, really. It's it's almost where we're at. And I just I'm thinking you gotta you gotta embrace that. Who's we though? That's 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 the issue here because we being people in the future. How about that? Okay, because you hear it all the time, man. I mean, you heard it all the time with Driscoll. Yeah. Man, that was awesome. Man, I got so much out it of was. that. It was. It's great. He's good at that. Well, yeah, you can dissect it as far as how impactful it really was. But, I mean, I, I hear that every week with, you know, because we do video teaching. They're not complimenting sure. me. They're saying, man, that teaching was it awesome. That, that that teaching really did touch my heart. It struck a chord and all that stuff. So are you, are, I'm saying that's reached its max efficiency and capacity, and there's uh, it's too good. I mean, it's just it's so good that you just assume that it's going to be right and bulletproof, and you have to accept it or whatever. But would you rather right. would you rather go back and visit Mark Driscoll's archives, or would you rather see him? Which would tune your interest more, and what would you get more out of? Review the podcast with good red camera audio of the sovereignty series or would you rather see him talk to jimmy kimmel and have jimmy kimmel ask questions to him for 45 minutes which would you rather see the latter of course but that's not Uh, bad you could still talk about the same stuff you can still preach you can still espouse christ you can still do those things i'm just saying that conversation is like signaling to somebody that you're legit and this is not just a prepared speech and that's where we're at that's where we're just now getting to so what does that mean? Yeah, that's that's just kind of what I'm saying because right now it's all you know. I think it's more valid to tell the truth and state your opinion. But the the bad thing to do is when people make up stuff or fake stuff or pass their opinion off as objectivity, you know, layered in in really good uh, oratory skills. That is yeah. it's harder to listen to. It's less effective. Death of the sermon. I mean, I don't know what what were you thinking when you were thinking death of the sermon, Toby or Joey? Well, here here is what I fully believe. I think that the sermon is not what Jesus was talking about. Like Jesus barely preached any sermons. I mean, like, like seriously, we we call it the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. but it was a bunch of people gathered and they were all hanging out. And then Jesus said just a few little things here. And then here is what I don't like about the sermon. It is so carefully worded and right. succinctly said so that there's these three points and you do that. And, and they're all, even if you don't say three points, it's always basically three points. And it, it, a lot of the sermons these days are about you. I mean, it's about me. It's about you. It's about us. And I know maybe we can't ever get out of that. But the thing that, the, the problem that I have is there in a sermon, there is no room to grow. There is no room to wrestle God. The, at, at the beginning, middle and end has all been given to you. So there isn't, like, you don't, when people say, oh, man, that sermon was awesome, and then they go and they study the notes, and also, the notes are just remembering and memorizing what the pastor said. This is a generalization, but I would say probably even the majority of people, it's, it's an old, outdated thing where apparently one guy has a word from the Lord, and he's going to tell you that, just like the, the pastors, hey, well, we got to have a, a jet because... You know, uh, the Lord's talking to us. And like, it, it's an elitist kind of thing where somebody gets the word and that's what you need to hear from God that week. But that doesn't make sense in this culture anymore because we can learn about God in a billion or trillion or gajillion different ways. 
And so why, why would it always be, yeah, you need to come here and hear about God and the gospel in this framework? The framework doesn't matter anymore. Right. The framework is, is being loose. So. Plus, people literally are consuming it from the, the top sources anyway. Right. So why don't we divorce that from the rest of their system? Let me compliment what, what you guys are saying by saying this. I do think there's a time and place for a pastor or, or even a leader, not necessarily the pastor, to talk to a specific group of people about a specific area and a specific situation. And mm-hmm. kind of like Paul addressed the Corinthian church, hey, I mean, you could even say Corinthians, those are like little sermons. Hey, I'm talking to you about something specific. You need to go do this. You need to go do that. That doesn't need to be done every Sunday. Sure. Of course not. Yeah. So basically, I don't think any of us disagree with one person talking to a crowd about something specific and teaching and instructing and imploring and all that. I'm just saying that's maybe the least useful, right? It's becoming less and less useful and will continue to be so. It's not sinful to say that. If we stay in this system, your view of God cannot be separated from what people tell you about God. Like we, we've said this before, like my parents, regardless of, of whatever, my grandparents, they have influenced me probably more than anybody because of what they told me at a young age about God. Like, I mean, even my kids, I see it. My kids now are indoctrinated with, oh, Jesus, we love you. Jesus is Lord. That is in their brains no matter what. And that's from me. Like if, if I would have never mentioned it they or we never set foot in church, they might not know Jesus right now. You know what I mean? Like maybe right. I believe in God and, and he would reveal himself and all this stuff. But what I'm saying is, that means that if every Sunday we we go, oh, this is the way I find out about God. This is the way it I find out about my world and my culture and everything. Then you can't separate anything. So basically, the sermon becomes how what your God is. So you're saying that's like behavioral, uh, the Pavlovian condition, classical conditioning right. to say this is when I got here from God from the guy. So and, of course, and it's what's gonna, scary yeah. about it is it must not last that long because if you really need it once a week, <laughs> that's, I mean, like think about a drug that you you, you had to have. You know, well, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm used up, so I need it again. And and the sermons aren't that much different. They're just not. The ser- sermons aren't crazy different. They're they're very similar. And and I'm concerned that they keep people going, oh, well, this is what God is. Yeah, yeah, I go to church. Sure. Or, Are you a Christian? Yeah, I go to church. That's what people say. What does that mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, do we not really, I mean, think about the people in the Bible that wrestled. Seriously. Like, I mean, physically, but I mean, think about, I mean, like, Jesus, uh, Peter walked with Jesus and would deny. I mean, like, God, Jesus gave him room to grow in his faith, get stuff wrong, be wacky, be crazy, be messed up. And uh, everybody knows that in churches, people are fucked up. Like crazy. Christians are some of the most worst, craziest people in the whole world. Why can't we let people acknowledge that a little bit, experience God? And if God is true and his power is real, why can't we, instead of somebody giving me spoon-fed, oh, you need God, and he's going to get you through this tough time, whatever. I mean, no. Hold on. Let me, let me think about what the hell this is saying in this verse. When you study about history, and when you study history in school, think, and you study about our presidents or what they did and stuff, the immediate thing is not, how does that affect me right now? It, it might it gets there. Right. And you go, wow, because of this constitution, I now have these rights and this and, this and all this stuff. It That's gets right. there, but That's you right. learn about the history of it and you know it. And you go, oh, well, this is what actually, like you said, even with Dan Carlin or something, we, we're learning even more about that stuff. And I, I go, why can't we expand and learn? Then you would be able to apply it. You don't learn math to see how it'll help you in life. You learn math and then it helps you in life. 
You know what I mean? I don't need somebody telling me, "Hey, God will help you in life." And then I get or better yet, you need you you are doing construction, you can't figure out three eighths and one quarter, and then you just do right because you need it. Construction workers are amazing at fractions; they know five sixteenths oh. better than I do, and it's not because they studied in math class. Right, right, right. They're they're good with fractions because they use fractions because they needed to know fractions. And, well, and that's that, what I'm saying. I, what I'm worried about is, are we dumbing down Christianity? I mean, like, like seriously. Here's the thing: is they'll get what you're saying when your dad understands why he needs a computer. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Oh, I don't care about about that. Hold, hold on. So, so Toby's dad. Toby said something about giving him his old Apple computer, and his dad seriously stopped and thought about it and said. What would I really do with it? Like that was his legitimate concern of taking something from Toby. He's just like, I don't know if I would have any use of it. Toby's dad is never going to, and I'm not knocking Toby's dad. There's a lot of people like him. He's never going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to start using a computer and getting online and all that stuff. He has no use for it. Sure. Uh, I, I envy that sort of simplicity, honestly. So someone in that, you know, Toby, you're, you're saying stuff as far as people depend, people depend on the sermon. And I would say that's, that's because the church, the church set itself up to be that that's way. What I, just, I was just going to say that. It's, that's, that's on the church, but that is a deeply rooted thing that for some people, they're going to go to their grave. That's just not going to change. Sure. So I do think what, what we're talking about will eventually change as younger people, or not even necessarily younger people, but people that think differently as, as they become the majority. Yeah, I don't know. But until then, but, but I would even go so far as to say God is going to use the system as is until it changes. And I'm not even saying that it doesn't need to try to be changed. Well, but, it's, but we have to embrace the right now. I mean, that's, that's like almost too passive. What I'm saying is I am the one that has to sit here and type the title of a sermon, the death of a sermon, and right. say it, and then let people say that I'm trying to just be destructive. Okay. Well, I'm willing to do that, and more people, and and I'm not here. I mean, it would be a, a less useful podcast, in my opinion, to sit here and say, you know, but it actually does do good, and eventually it'll change if it's supposed to. Right? No, I don't mind pushing a little bit. Right. And so that's I, if Toby's dad doesn't want to use a computer, fine. But that doesn't mean we should slow production. I mean, it doesn't mean you shouldn't move into it. it doesn't even mean he's not wrong. I mean, Joey and I had this conversation, and I hope we don't have to edit this, but like the idea of being all in at a church and it being a calling. And the truth is, my pastor at my church that I go to is Joey. And then I have another pastor that preaches as well, who is the pastor overseas. But my pastor, Joey, is 100% fully invested in people. Yeah. That wavers when it comes to the system. For sure. And maybe that's every pastor. That's not just Joey. I think a lot of pastors go, well, I wish it could be better. I wish it wasn't like this, blah, 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 blah. But the thing that that really frustrates me is it goes back to nobody's changing because it is working. And here's the thing. If you took 100 people that go to church on a Sunday morning and you really did something and said, hey, we're going to really change things up and we're, we're not going to spoon feed you and you have to own your faith. And it actually has to mean something. And it can't just be, oh, yeah, I gave at Christmas time. And oh, yeah, you know, I, that sermon really touched me because it was about the, I mean, like those things, I, because the truth is, if the sermon's really working, why are so many people jacked up in church? And why are so many people filled with gossip and hate like me? Why is somebody that works at a church full of sin? You didn't hear enough sermons on gossip yet. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you all something else. And this is just, this is really, this is sinful. I am addicted I follow Stephen Furtick on Facebook. Did I tell you all this? Yeah. Did I tell you all this? I follow Stephen Furtick on Facebook, and they they post 
on his Facebook, I guess it's kind of run by the church stuff, like little three-minute excerpts from his sermons. Right. And I watch them, and I just go, I, I, and I was like, and I try to go, that that was good. That was kind of good. And, but, I mean, it's just like TBN or something. I can't stop watching it. And it's because I go, wait a minute. Something's bizarre here. This this guy that looks good and is a good speaker and has this thing, he's preaching to people about them. Of course they like it. Yeah. Seriously, go listen to a shitload of sermons this week, and they're about you. They are about you. And you are the church itself. They'll say scripture, and they'll say they'll read out of the Bible. They're about you. Yeah. You learn very little about the Bible, and here's why. It is so fun to hear about you, and it's so fun to feel emotional about you, and it's so great to go, oh, that touched me. The sad story about the guy that had cancer, but he overcame it or he didn't, and his family's legacy. So, I mean, all that stuff, it, it's even, and it's, I sound so critical here. I hate this, too, and I, and I do worry about my critical attitude. You have, a, you have a pattern of unleashing. You unleash for a while. Matt got me then, fired up. And then you back Woo! up a little bit and you say, I sound a certain way. I, I know I, I do. This. I don't want even. That's the thing, though. And now it, you're going to work yourself up into an even bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm never it. drinking again. <laughs> and loosen some more shackles and then you'll back off again. I just, I, I, I promise, I feel like I Bring get so down. worried sometimes when I think about a real calling. Like, like when people, th- people throw away or throw around the word calling way too much. Uh, think about a real calling. Think about the Bible when people had a real calling. It was dangerous. Oh, yeah. It was scary. People, people it, you depressed. didn't want to do it. Right. In fact, Jesus called people and they said no. Right. God himself called them physically to their face and people said no because it is terrifying. It's not terrifying to get a congregation together it, with air condition and uh, donuts and a great speaker and a group that is set up to meet together on Wednesday oh, nights. None of that's scary. That calling, it, even it, and it might even be a calling in our culture. I'm not going to deny that, that God didn't call people to do stuff. But I mean, and callings, are, and I'm not saying, I, I, won't, I will never go on a mission trip. I'm not saying, oh, you're going to, going to Africa. And, I'm saying it, a calling is really scary, and we need to be careful the words that we are using and the dialogue that we're using as a church people. I'm talking about the people here because... What we're doing is becoming very complacent, and we're not wrestling with God, and we're not owning our faith. We're just accepting it. We're being, we're getting Walmart God. That's all we're doing. It's the easiest yeah. thing in the world. It's cheap, easy. That was kind of nice. Okay. Oh, or, or Target God. Maybe it looks a little Target. nicer, and it's still a good deal. It didn't take that long, and it, I didn't have to wrestle with that much. And it, I'm after Amazon God. I mean, that's yeah, all just that to your door at one hour <laughs> prime. That's next. That well, will... let, let me give an analogy. If we're doing the negative thing, that's fine. I want, I'm not, I, I was just trying to give our church ideas, but let me give what I would consider a bleak, a bleak, but maybe somewhat uh, comical uh, analogy to what church feels like to me is um, I did marching band for one year. Y'all were, Toby, you did marching band? You played the skin flute? Skin flute. No, I did some percussion in the marching band one year. But um, you were in marching band. You're aware of what marching band culture yeah. is like, right? Plug something in the telephone. Okay. But you know what it is. Like a really goofy, dorky, right. insular. Uh, I loved it. Did it for four years. Yeah. I mean, it's really good for the the, the, the people that are in. It's ner- I mean, nerdy is one thing. But it's, it's a very insular culture in and of itself that takes people that don't fit in in maybe the larger or other social things. And then they've, wow, that feels so good to be in its own culture, right? Yes. So ch- there's definitely 
a lot of parallels to Christianity and church there. So you've been in cultures before of church where you're like, oh, this is a bunch of not necessarily losers, but maybe people that are, uh, you know, they at least they're self-reinforcing as a culture that, well, we're all here. At least we believe together. At least this is safe. At least this is this. And at least it's not that outside stuff. And then inside it becomes, has its own little hierarchy. And right. it's, but it's off like it's off. Like, you know, it's, it's separate and untethered somewhat. Yeah. And there's a lot of weird stuff about a marching band culture. Well, church is like that. Now, with marching band, they like music and they play music. So here's what church is like. It's like already bad like marching band culture is. And then at some point, somebody in the marching band starts to talk about marching band. And then somebody starts to give speeches about being in the marching band. And then at some point, they have add hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition and sacredness to it. And now all they don't play music anymore. All they do is give uh, speeches. The top one gives a speech to the rest of marching band about the importance of marching band. Yeah. That's what that's good. That's like the bleakest way you could pay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's about as bad as it gets. And that's what the dependent on the thing and it's only about you and it's only about this and it's only this insular culture. That's almost and you have it's life or death. It's heaven or hell. So marching band is everything and the drum major, you don't even look at sheet music hardly anymore. You march <laughs> once a year, you go outside on the football field. Mainly you sit in the band room and the person talks to the marching, the band leader, drum major talks to the marching band about the marching band. <laughs> that's what, that's the worst bleakest thing I can say about church, but there's something about that is this what it feels like. It's funny that you, you bring this up. I actually found my notes. I wrote this July 22nd of last year. It's hilarious. And I just said it. I said, uh, I said, we don't have to kill the sermon. The sermon is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's been killed by all the other sermons preached constantly 24-7. The sermon has become self-help. The sermon is about self with a Bible verse or two thrown in to back up the point. I'm guilty of supporting this too because it's way more fun to hear about me. <laughs> I wrote that six months ago. And I am just, here's the thing. Part of me thinks I'm just building myself up to try and do something. Because, I, I, I mean, it's crazy. We're talking about this. I almost feel emotional. I feel like I really have one damn life. And if all this shit that I'm talking about, <laughs> seriously, if, if if the Lord is real, like <laughs> every all one of your shit friends that we has keep that talking about, and I know we, we do make dick and fart jokes and we just try to have a good time and stuff like this. But if all this is real, seriously, there has to be more. I just I can't accept that this is what it's come down to that. And I can't, and I'm scared of what that means and what it means to my family and all that stuff. But I mean, seriously, something has to shock the system because it's going to be less and less interesting because it's just going to be more about if, if, if it just comes, become our government is showing that it's just about me, me, me. I got to get mine. I want to get mine. I want this. I want this. I want this. If it, if it just becomes so Americanized, it's going to fall apart anyway. I, I hope, I mean, people are so worried that I mean, I hear the Republicans, Obama's destroyed America. Maybe that'd be a hell of a good thing. Right. I mean, I'm not, I, I love America. I love where I live. I don't want, I'm, I might even be patriotic to our country and, and our servicemen and all that stuff. But I mean, the way things are going, it's becoming a selfish culture. And I'm a part of that. I, I, I'm just like mm -hmm. that. And I'm just so frustrated that it's, our God is so simple. Wait, oh, all you have to do is believe in Jesus. Like that that's our goal is just believe in Jesus. That seems so sad. Well, that's what I'm saying. I refuse to be labeled a detractor or you're hurting the bride if you're not building her up. No, I am. That is what I intend to do. That's what I'm saying. I actually care about the bride. I don't care about your shitty mini ministry that you're in control of. Right. <laughs> is that okay to say? Because that's what I think. 
And I don't want anybody to care about ours either. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think you're, you're saying, oh, if all this is real, it's got to do, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more. The only way I can say that is it might be feel like less. It might feel like smaller. It might feel less integrated, less systematized because you can't stay in the band room all the time. Right. And I'm not, that's not just a thing saying we need to go out and evangelize more. That's not the parallel. The parallel is just that, wait a second. This is an insular built-in system for us to be comfortable in, and it feels to me sometimes all religious activity may be a substitute for doing something that matters. Yeah. Wow. All So if you meet with community group on Wednesdays, (laughs) that's about you, and you did the thing that was about the thing that was the good thing, but it wasn't the thing in, in itself. It's a substitute. For doing something, yeah. I mean, here, here's that that matters. I hate, I hate to be the, the theoretically. I mean, sometimes it feels that way. The, I think the spiritual implications of that, though, is like you just said, Matt. You are the bride, so mm. I think we have to come to grips with the fact that God is working through shitty systems. God's working through people that get it, people that don't get it. God's God's been working through this fallen world. And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating like you said, okay, well, let's just throw our hands up in the air and be passive and not saying something. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's hardly ever a time when God's people gather that God's like, yeah, I'm going to do something. I I just think, I think God is sovereign enough to where, yeah, he's a man of his word. Hey, when two or more gathered, I'm in the midst and I'm going to do something. But I don't want to throw away the gift of just being together in the church as a church, because then that negates everything we're saying. The problem with that is you're saying being together like this system is the way that you're, we're supposed to be together. Right. No, I disagree with that. Yeah, but I'm saying right. that's what religious, well, when I say religious activity may be a substitute for doing anything actually valuable or that you're supposed to or spiritual even. So when you define religious activity is possibly sometimes when it's the organized thing. Gotcha. So to be with people on Wednesday night at community group most likely hits a checkbox for you and then that's that. Right. Versus really be with people. People getting together, for example, the church that I work at in a 10 Seacoast, if not for that church, there are people that I would not have met. There are people that lives I would not have changed and they would not have changed my life. I can see the benefit of getting together and what that looks like. And even that the money that Seacoast has helped that happen and would not have happened. So, of course, we can all see benefits from what's going on. Here is the the thing that, Matt, I, I, I kind of, th- when you said that, I, I was thinking the same thought, the idea of our goal is to be the church to the world and share the gospel as opposed to our goal is love people and the gospel will be revealed. Like, right. like people go, oh, okay, like, like you said, I'm not saying we need to come up with a new system that's going to be better. Right. No, every right. system is going to be flawed. What I, what I am saying is let's open up the fist and like I remember, Marcel, you always said we have closed fist and open hand thing. Maybe both hands should be open. Maybe just both hands open, and it gets wild and it gets weird, and we don't know how to handle it. It feels really uncomfortable. God, why? You know, why would this be happening here? Whatever it might be, but like, why would we start with okay? If we get these people here, then we can reveal the gospel. Or let's have this night where we'll have right. beer, and yes. then we can reveal the gospel to them. Yes. Or what if we just go? I'm going to love these people. Those and things God, all feel like substitutes. Please let the gospel be degree, revealed, right? Uh, the, I mean, the best, the thing that would make me pray the most is if I just could love people. Yeah, well, <laughs> like that would be well, that'd be life changing. Like, like I, I mean, I do to an extent, but I mean, like, really, like, okay, regardless of everything, 
I'm just going to love people and it's going to put me in. If you really love people, it'll put you in situations where sure. there's no chance the gospel wouldn't be shown. Well, and if you really love people, you're not going to be comfortable. It's going to be a little sucky sometimes. And that's scary. I don't even want that. I, I, it's, it's not fun. I don't, I'm really hoping this doesn't happen, but it's got to be the right thing. Cause I mean, w- when I look at the Bible, the least thing that we do is look like the disciples or the, or Paul. That's yeah. the least thing we look like, right? I mean, yeah. we don't look like that. Well, Nobody I mean, looks like that. It, it makes me shudder to be to think about it soberly or honestly. But if you think it, it, you know, even prayer that I'm involved in largely feels, to, if I had to be honest, is a substitute for communication with God. Even the prayer that I might do out loud, especially at church or in front of band rehearsal, boy, that can be fake. I'm not just trying to knock prayer or something. I'm saying that to, that to me almost can be in the is more in the category of a religious activity that is a substitute for, in this case, is a substitute for communicating with God. Right. You know, some how much of your prayer is a substitute from for, for communicating with God? That's the question. Because you know what it's like to really communicate with God and hear from or whatever. And then how much of your prayer is not that? That's the scary, that's the scary thing. How much of our religious meetings are, are not that? How much of our going to Sunday is, is not yeah. the thing that we say that it yeah. is? It's just the but, and, and, and it seems like the only way to... This is when my head about explodes. Toby has seen me get depressed over the course of a conversation like this. Like... <laughs> The only response to that then is to be completely free, organic, no structure, okay. no format. But then, then what? You gotta hold feet to the fire. People won't do it. I mean, Toby's freaking talking about who? Why is that on you? Why? What's the responsibility? Like, hold on. Toby's talking about starting a church where, and and I agree wholeheartedly, and have added to his ideas that he's mainly come up with is you got to give. Now, if you don't want to be a part of our church because you don't want to give, then that's fine. But if you're going to be a part of our group, our church, then we require you to give a certain sure. amount of money. You have to get counseling. So the, so the opposite of that is, oh, no, 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 no. We don't need this central, mm-hmm. you know, this core thing of what you do and don't do. It's just the church. We're all sure. the church. Blah, blah, blah. Well, then people aren't, won't do anything. Let me see if I can help you, though, and to uh, help, your, help your point there. Help, help my depression. What I'm going to say is both of those are wildly preferable to me than 99% of what exists now. Yeah. So even that I would take as progress because it still kills the old system of it's safe, it's okay, but you got to do it or feel guilty, but it's safe and I'm not going to really push you, but I hope you feel guilty yeah. because then I want I need you to do this more. That's worse. I like hard-nosed tactics. You must give. You must do this. You're in this or you're out. I love the strong. That's one thing I always liked about Mars Hill. At least it was like, you got to do some shit here. I actually like that. And yeah. of course I love, ah, what a relief. It's this organic thing. It's not this big uh, industrial right. complex of religion that, or churches that are proprietary too. So both are preferable to me. What's distasteful and unfunctional is the, the best devised system for the last couple of centuries or 50 years that is becoming obsolete. That's the thing that's the least interesting to everybody. Or, but it's the easiest, I suppose. And it's the most working and widely adopted. Yeah. So I don't feel bad about challenging that anymore. The, I don't feel bad about The main thing is it. what I've realized is fully, there needs to be some kind of bridge. Like there needs to be a bridge for people to go, oh, okay, this is what it was. This is where we're headed. How do I get there right now? Like how can I move that way? And I think that's the thing. Like for people like our parents or, or our age or the younger generation, like how do we 
genuinely care about people and move them in a way where they own their faith more. And and maybe we're just bullshitters too. Maybe we maybe we don't know what the hell we're talking about. There is something unsettling to me about Christianity. And, and, and I know that, that's the only word you can come up with. Well, I want this. I, maybe I should say the church then. Uh, but that that should be okay. Like I really want to. Like it, one of my ideas for sure is I think you should have uh, church should be uh, you should be able to make money at church. So your church should be a bar or a store or whatever it might be. And then you use that building also to make money and to do stuff. But like, like my dream church is, and I'm not even drinking right now. And apparently I won't ever drink again, but uh, is to literally have a bar where you're making money or you make food and stuff like that. And then people just actually talk and, and maybe there is, and you know, you do comedy nights or jazz nights at, at restaurants and stuff. Maybe just people actually get up and talk about the Lord or you do a debate bar and yeah. people feel comfortable to come in and, and, and talk about things and you can have somebody preach, but sermons are different. I think than preaching or a message from God or something like that. A sermon is a planned thing that some, some guy came up with and, and you got to do it. And, and so that's what yeah. you got to do. Like if, our pastor this week doesn't come up with a sermon. Everybody's going to lose their shit. <laughs> well, at least Seriously. another church had an atheist and did it. What, what, why would everybody lose their shit if somebody doesn't preach a sermon? Why? Because that's his job. Right. What else does he do? <laughs> that's at what they, Oak Hill that's what Church, they had an atheist. They had him and Meth up there, and they did that. So that's great. And so all I would want to suggest is, if you care about this, you should just care about Ike's kids and what's there. So all you can do right now, it's not bad to, to, to say all we can do right now is face honestly what we're looking at and share the ideas and let go of the stuff and let go of the proprietary things. That's not a bad part of the phase. It's just the phase we're in. Right. And it's okay to be that way, and, and it'll be the way it's going to be. And I'm not worried or pessimistic either about the future. I'm just saying, man, we can do a better job, not just me, but everybody out there, if they can sit there and break down some walls in their groups and small groups and families and just assess soberly and honestly and be open and say, oh, this actually is stupid. And the last parallel I'll give is, and I keep going back and forth between how politics and religion are similar, but if you look at that pattern, you know now when you hear people talk about the uh, military-industrial complex, you hear people throw that around? Yeah. 15 years ago, you wouldn't have known what that phrase meant, right? Okay, and it carries all this weight and baggage, and everybody understands that it's this whole thing, and it's kind of bad. But twenty years ago, or fifty years ago, we had a military, we had prisons, we had governments, and they were just what we had. And now you see it as this oh, this beast, this behemoth, and military, military industrial complex. In time, that's what essentially what the American church system. There'll be some phrase for it or word for it, and it'll feel like that. Yeah. And everybody knows it's not a good thing. It doesn't mean governments aren't good or militaries aren't good or borders aren't good or anything like that. It means, oh, eventually we got into this place where we have the military-industrial complex, which is fraught with problems. Right. That might be where the you know church institutional church might be the the way of looking at that. But it's gonna you know it's just that's kind of the way that it feels and looks. And it's okay, and we don't need people defending it. We need people just being honest in it. Right. Yeah. Now, Matt, why why are we not the people that uh, folks can say, man, you guys are are what's wrong with the church. We need to be, you know, joint, linking arms and uh, doing this together. Not, ter- I mean, you guys have so many things you want to pick apart. Why don't you do something about it? How would you respond to someone that says that? 
That's what I, I think this whole episode, my only point is doing something about it is honest and sharing the ideas and being willing to assess it. So, but it's not picking it apart, in my opinion. I'm looking forward to the future. So describe what someone does that is unproductive and just nitpicking, just talking shit, not doing anything. I mean, is, is there a way to refrain from talking? I'll put it this way. I don't need to police those things because they don't, they only exist for a reason. That's like saying some uh, black people are just complaining about this racism thing because they're hoping to get something out of it. No, huh. I'm sure they are, but we don't need to worry about that. We need to worry more about why are hundreds of thousands of black people disenfranchised with the American system? Yeah. Why are hundreds of thousands of Christians acting like shitty bratty kids? Sure they are, but I don't need to worry about that. Right. I mean, hopefully they can be more mature. Hopefully they can contribute with ideas. But the fact that we have that as an issue, people throwing stones at the church should tell you something. Yeah. yeah. That's the bigger takeaway for me. I'm not defending any th- stone throwers, but I'm not one of them. I don't, I don't consider myself that at all. I'm going to say it here. I do want to do something, and I don't know what it's going to be. And, and Matt, I know you're real big on going smaller, and I think that motivates yeah, me really to, to do that. Small. But I, I do think maybe we would start a Tonight Show church or <laughs> do something. Like, I just, I feel like, I like it. this podcast was a start, and we have a lot of BC clubbers and people that are supporting us because they feel it too. And whatever that feeling is, like, there, there's something to be said when you feel something that's real. Like, when, when somebody says, hey, that pastor makes a lot of money. We're not saying that's wrong, but you feel something about that, right? Yeah. Like if you feel something about it. when when your church is super nice and the music all sounds the same and it's it's this demographic and this is all if you feel something. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that feeling, let we need to we got to explore and change some things so that that feeling can be explored, yeah. grow, and you can and you can figure stuff out and you can say real shit and be wrong. Mm-hmm. The thing about church is it's packaged so well that I just, well, who am I in there? Yeah. And, and the saddest part about all this is I'm one of the dumbest assholes in the whole world and I'm talking about this. So it's either I'm really crazy and wrong or why isn't are these super smart, talented people in church picking up on this? Yeah. What is going on? Is it deception by Satan himself? Maybe, I don't know. Well, I, I would only suggest to you that I would encourage you and me and everybody to participate in the body in whatever way you feel, whether that be meet yes, groups, I, call something a church. I'm, I'm not going to nitpick sure. that. However, it's a little bit of the old system mentality that says, well, I started this, and then it got big, and people started listening to me. Therefore, the next logical step is for me to have my thing with my name on it that's a system. That, that might That's not necessarily the logical step is what I'm suggesting. I'm not saying don't do that. But don't assume because people listen to you and you hear from God and you care so much that the logical step is Toby make another micro ministry or mega ministry. That's all I'm saying. No, I agree. But what I do think is maybe I could be a part of the bridge that gets people to some place. And I would suggest that's what this is. I would suggest that that could be this. That's what I'm saying. Here's the thing. I don't want people to listen to me. What I want to do is like, like, for example, if we were to start the, the, the late show style church. Like that's not I, I, the reason I'd want to start that is not because I want people to hear what I'm saying. It would be to try and actually mm-hmm. open the door for people, sure. other real people that are smarter than me to say stuff. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't I don't care if I were to start a physical church where people would meet. I don't want it to be about me no, and my I get sermon. That. I and totally get I, that. Like I would want it to be about the people meeting and what that looks like. Right. But what think about, for instance, the difference in what you know, think about what did C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton once they got their book deals and they got big and then they converted it to what? Nothing. They just put ideas out there and right. thank God for it. That's all they should have been doing. Yeah. So that's you let that go. 
And if those books didn't have authors and they were titled anonymous, awesome. That would have been just as good for the world. We need to go Dabo Sweeney and BYOC. Bring your own church. Bring your own Christ. Bring your own oh, that's what you said? No, that's not what you need. There's only one Christ. There's only one Christ. There's only one Jesus. Oh, well, BYOG, bring your own God. <laughs> well, thank you guys for sharing the ideas. I know we have a bunch more idea, you know, whatever. I just, I'm just more committed to just saying, share these ideas as we have them and other people do the same and receive them and look at it soberly and honestly. We probably didn't get to all the little ideas we could have today obviously sorry man that's no that's good we could do really good today i love this episode to the next part of this podcast you've been full of a lot of no we're done (laughs) yeah we can just wrap let's just wrap this one i'm good hey you get out of the news today this one's good i'm not i'm not gonna do the news i could just shit i can't can't even say what i want to do to you right now (laughs) joey joey You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.